Hey guys, the show is about ready to start, but really quick, I wanted to grab your attention, tell you to have a pencil and paper ready. I have some very important information you're going to want to stick around for after the show regarding updated contact information, websites, and more. Everything's changed. Holy cow. What do I mean? Everything's ready to start. I gotta run. Stick around after the show and I'll get you filled in. Welcome to this podcast. Get ready. Here we go. GOST Radio proudly presents Random Illusions, the podcast where the occult community goes for its listening pleasure. I'm your host, Shasta Ray. Grab a cup of coffee, grab a cup of tea, or grab a glass of wine at the end of a long day if that's what you want to do. Kick back, settle in, and hang out with me for just a little bit while we chat it up about magic. Hey there, magical friends and magical family. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 21, and we are sitting here with our old friend Taylor Elwood with some really exciting news. He just published a new book. Say hi, Taylor. Hi, Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hello there, folks. See, this uh, is why you and Tim get along so well. (laughs) No, uh, it's it's great to be back on here. Thank you for having me again. I'm really excited. And when was your published date, and what is the title? Uh, the title was Walking with Elemental Spirits, and uh, the book was published on May 24th, which was Yay! a Tuesday. So yeah, this last 20, 2022, for those that of you who listened awesome. so far down the line. <laughs> Yay! Now, we talked a little bit about this. I think we talked about the element of gravity last time you were on. So do you want to talk about how you got the idea for this book, what sparked it, what put a fire under your butt to get it written, and uh, what inspired you? Like, what do you got to talk about? Oh, I got lots to talk about, as always. Okay. <laughs> Let's see how your mind was working to put this work of art in motion. So I started practicing magic when I was 16, which is 29 years ago now. Well, time flies. And the magic I got into at the beginning was elemental hermeticism. Um, you know, I read the books by Ted Andrews, uh, you, you know, not not his not animal speaker or whatever those the animal magic books, but some of the other ones that he had, uh, like on nature spirits and elementals and things like that. And uh, they were very influential to me uh, at the time and, and it definitely played a role in my magical life ever since. When I um, started, you know, practicing this uh, elemental magic. Of course, it was the classic five elements of earth, air, fire, water, and spirit, or quintessence, as some people call it. And, uh, you know, this is a system of of magic, this elemental system of magic that hasn't been changed in 2,500 years. You imagine that since right. the time of Empocleides, who was the first Greek writer to write about the system. So if you really think about it, it's probably been around even longer than that. Yeah. Um, because Greek Greece, ancient Greece was originally an oral tradition that then moved into a literal or a literary tradition. 2,500 years for something to not change is a long time. Minimum, minimum yeah. that we know of. Yeah. That we know of. And, um, you know, and, and 
when I was, uh, it was 2004, 2005, I came up with a ritual called the elemental balancing ritual. Uh, it was a ritual to bring, st- you know, balance in your life with an element. And I started working with the element of water and I got done with that element. And I realized that I, and, and I work the way that this, that ritual worked is I worked with it for a year. So just to give some context, wow. this wasn't a once and done type of thing. This is something where you were working with a ritual for a year uh, or with an element for at least a year. And when I got done with that element, I realized that I wanted to work. I, I wanted to to work on the way that I communicated with people and get better at that. And I could have worked with the element of air, but I didn't feel like air really quite captured what I wanted. And none of the other classic elements fit. So I asked myself, you know, is there is there any other kind of element I could work with? And I decided to work with the element of sound. Well, ah. you know, there's no book out there that said you could work with the element of sound. Nobody had nobody had written about, you know, another uh, working with alternate elements outside of the classic five. I mean, the closest you'll find anything along those lines would be if you look at the, the five elements in like Taoism or in, um, in Hinduism, you know, and in, 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 in Doshin. So you might find like, for example, in Hinduism and Doshin, you'll find um, earth, air, fire, water and space. In Taoism, you'll have earth, air, fire and then wood and metal. You see, there's still five, right? That's it. Five elements, but that really, it really didn't make sense to me. So I, I ended up working with the element of sound because I thought, well, sound is this is an element. I mean, it's something that's in our lives. It's something that's essential to us. We we live with it. It's it's part of our thing. And I, if you look at the the definition of and of elements as far as the magic traditions are concerned, it's a you know an element is basically a building block of life. It's something that is essential to life. We yeah, you know, so we need earth, air, fire, water. Well, we do. You know, if we don't have air, we can't breathe. We don't have earth. We don't have something to walk on. We don't have fire. We don't have warmth. And if we don't have water, well, you know, body is comprised of what, 70% of water. So yeah, you're going to have a one hell of a hangover otherwise, <laughs> um, you know. So I'm not arguing that these elements aren't essential, uh, you know, for and, and they still play a role. But, uh, you know, I worked with sound and I thought, wow, there's something to this. And so over the years, I continued to work with other elements outside of, of this thing. You know, I've worked with movement. I've worked with stillness. I've even treated, I've even worked with love as, a, as an element. I've worked oh, with, wow. you know, I've worked with emptiness. I've worked with a bunch of different ones. And, you know, in the last couple of years, I've noticed that there have been a number of books that have been published uh, by, by some great authors, uh, you know, on, on elemental magic. And and for the most part, what I've seen is is it's pretty much it, well, all, all of them have continued to rehash the five elements. They've done done some interesting and innovative stuff. So I'm not not knocking it. Um, you know, there's there's some really good work out there. But it's like, you know, there has to be more. And I decided finally that, that, you know, it's been 29 years. I've been doing, I've been working with elemental magic for 29 years. It's time to, you know, share my experiences. So I wrote Walking with Elemental Spirits in order to um, basically share this alternative approach to elemental magic, a modernizing of elemental magic, because it's been too, way too long, really. Well, you know we've what? Seen a significant change. Yeah, and thing. you know what? I'm wrapping my head around as you're saying all this is how many of us have heard over and over people that are out there, you know, angels don't exist, you know, the spirits don't exist, it's all in your imagination, blah blah blah. But they might be able to grab a concept like these and say, oh, well, I could focus on this, and 
their heads might be able to wrap around this where they can't wrap their heads around um, working with an angel, for instance. So this is actually really innovative, in my opinion. Right. Well, I mean, we 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 know that we experience gravity. I, I was I had a conversation with a friend last night because I was telling her about the new book, and and you know, we, were, we she's like she she said at first she's like, well, how is gravity an element? And I'm like, well, I mean, I know a lot of people associate gravity with Earth, but gravity is not just part of earth i mean gravity is part of this you know gravity is something that the stars and the we actually experience gravity from other bodies uh, right. in the heavens as well i mean the moon for is the most obvious example but if you even think about the mm -hmm. other planets if, i mean if we want to look at a scientific explanation for example for astrological influences so you know we're going through mercury retrograde well the gravity of mercury is doing some funky stuff to us right now yeah yeah you know so i mean it's not a uh it's not something that really is, it's something that's so obvious and yet it's something that's ignored all the time. And I think that like, if we're going to look at the reality here of magic and what it can be, we have to, we have to continually be willing to revise and explore what is out there. And, um, you know, so for me, putting this book out is really just kind of a, a, a sharing and, and, and a challenge really to all the other people out there. Uh, that, that are writing these books to to go further, to take it further than they have, because you know there's so there's so many books out there on elemental magic, but they, they're just an exploration of the five elements, and it's like, well, you, you know, there's more to it than that, right? And so, uh, you, you know, and as I was reading through, uh, you, you know, for this book, as I was researching it, I was reading through all these different other books, and, and again, there was some really interesting. There was some great stuff to be shared in them, so I, I want to be very clear about that. Like the people who write these, mm -hmm. who've written these books, have written some good books, had some really interesting exercises and things like that that you could do, but but they just stuck with the five classic elements. And I was like, well, there's there's more to it than that. I mean, you could work with a periodic table of elements, for example, if you wanted to. That's another possibility, you know, a chemical a chemical approach to, uh, to to the thing. And I mean, I actually thought that at some point down the line, I might come up with a grimoire around the the periodic table of elements, for example, and working right, with, yeah. with them. But whether I do or not, or someone else does, I, you know, I think it'd be cool. But, you know, the thing that the, the fact of the matter is with elemental magic, it's um, absolutely essential, I think, to explore what the elements are and and to recognize that if we're going to go with this argument that they're the building blocks of life or something along those lines that we need to look beyond just the classic five and and modernize our system and so that's what this book is is really an attempt at you know i i have some practical exercises that i put in there in regards to elemental healing and uh, other other work to get results and of course i talk about working with elemental spirits quite a bit but but you know at the end of the day it's it's also really just kind of a, a thorough exploration of what makes up elemental magic and and I do explore the the five elemental model uh, right. both models to just kind of present them and and provide kind of a comprehensive overview of them but that's but beyond that I'm just like you know there's more to it here and we need to we need to open ourselves to the to the reality of what it can be and not just stick with what with what people already have known. Well, even on the topic of sticking with what we know, I can't tell you how many people I know that either have dabbled in Wicca or a pagan type direction and you recognize the four elements, but they don't really know why. They just know it's part of what's done. So it's kind of cool that you throw in two different traditions of just the basics as, hey, it's a reminder of what the building blocks of some of this other structures are in magic. 
that exists that maybe we've encountered or something. That's a good little refresher. You know, there were uh, some Wicca studies I did early on that had some explanations of stuff on it, but a lot of times it was just real poetic and they just did a little bit of associations like what the elements meant and how it related to like emotions or thought, but it kind of stopped there. It was real basic. It's a very basic. So nothing where it came from by any means. I'll tell you that much. I never saw anything like that. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what the, that's what the book's about. I'm really happy that it's out and uh, people seem to be thrilled and interested in it. So I'm, I'm really pleased with that as well, because I think, you know, again, present, it's kind of a magnum opus for me. It's something I've been wanting to write for a long time. It just wasn't the right time. But in the last couple of years, a number of other books came out and I, and I just saw, you know, like, again, you know, here's this chance to make a difference, to provide a different perspective that hasn't been shared before. Right and hopefully open up some new ground for this area of magic. And one of the things that I'm really passionate about is is doing exactly that, because I think that, you know, uh, any discipline to stay relevant, you have to be willing to push past what is known to discover what can be learned. Yeah. And that's what Tim and I have been doing a lot of. We've been really, and we check in with each other. We'll have like some kind of revelation and call each other up and go, Hey, I just realized this. What do you think? And something that comes up a lot with this is, well, a lot of these old traditions, whether it's ceremonial magic or whatever, it's a good starting point and it's what worked for that person. There's nothing wrong with taking that starting point and twisting it to make it work for you or seeing what it can do past that or how you could layer it in with something else. And the sky's the limit. And I don't think enough people think outside the box or experiment with their magic. I'm all about it. Like at this point in time, that's all I do is just try new stuff, you know? <laughs> So I don't know if I could write a book about it. I'm just too scattered, but. Well, you never know. It all starts with writing that first word and then continuing from there. Right. This is probably something that it's going to be a new concept for people. Do you have just a couple of like obscure examples of elements that might be in the book that people could be using as a teaser? What are a couple odd ones that you discovered in your research or in your meditations or however you came up with your material? Well, for example, I use the element of love. You know, I think that that love is an element. Um, I mean, we could argue that it's a chemical sensation or experience or a neurochemical one, which there's there's some truth to that. But it's more than just that. I mean, when you look at love, it's it's something that moves people. Yeah. You know, it's whether it's it's romantic love or friend love or love of your country or, or whatever else. It's something that moves people. And, and my my alternate definition beyond Beyond elements being the building blocks of life, I have an alternate definition is that elements, uh, elemental forces are things that move us. They move through us. They move us. They cause us to, they become patterns of movement in our lives. And I think that's a good alternate definition to elements because, um, you know, they're not just, it's not just the building blocks of life. It's also the movement of life. So, so love's one. Uh, emptiness is another one because again, people, you know, we live with emptiness. Uh, some people have a healthy relationship with it. Some people have an unhealthy relationship with it, but it's certainly something that, that all of us experience. I've of course touched upon magnetism as well as a, as an elemental force, you know, electricity would be another one. Mm. Um, you know, over the years I have worked, I've worked with, I've worked with stillness. I've worked with movement. I have worked with truth and connection as elements. So, I mean, I think, you know, really it depends on on how you want to approach things. Now, 
some people will probably say, well, Taylor, your, your approach to elementals kind of goes the opposite direction of the five. You get you go out there and you're, like, you're drawing on like stuff like truth and things like that as an elemental force. And that that's not necessarily the building block of life. But I would argue that, again, I mean, to some degree, this is subjective. And that's okay, you know. Right. It, it, it really speaks. The beauty of of my approach to elemental magic is that it really allows for a, for a person to bring their own vari- variables around what they consider elements to be. It, you know, you don't have to go with my definition per se, but if you want to expand beyond the classic five elements and and explore what it would be like to work with elements outside of that, then this will actually give you some tools to work with. And whether you work with the elements that I suggest or you do something else altogether, it'll be something that's transformative for your life. Well, you know what? I tell you what, just some of the concepts you've thrown out that I've seen on your channel, that I've seen just you post on Facebook stuff or the pop culture book I've got of yours. Now this one, sometimes I read stuff like this and it just opens up so many more ideas on how to incorporate that into my practice or whatnot. And little stuff like this really inspires me to think outside the box and to explore concepts and to take something typical and see how I can twist it into something that works better for me. And I've I've had a lot of success with it. So this is a really exciting book for me because I think it's going to really teach people ways of looking at things that they never looked at before. So do you have like examples in your book of like you have the example of emptiness or stillness or love. Do you have examples in your book of how those would be used or how people could apply those to their magic or to their thinking or whatnot? I do have examples of that. I mean, I, well, we'll take as an example love. I mean, working with love, you can, you can work with love to achieve a better relationship with yourself, for example, you know, learning to learning how to love yourself, which is absolutely one of the most essential things that people need to learn how to do. And we, 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 you know, I think we all struggle with that to some degree or another. I know I it's, have at times. It's actually critical to our success, you know? I mean, really. And I've struggled with it all my life. I think everyone does. I think that's something everyone can relate to. Right. So, I mean, there, there's that. But I mean, you know, if you wanted to work with the, uh, I did a wealth magic working with the element of elements of gravity and magnetism, where I set up these uh, magnets with metal balls hanging down. You know, so it's like the magnetism is pulling the balls up, but the gravity is pulling the balls down. And it, it, it creates this, um, it's a wealth magic thing because it's designed to attract uh, people toward, you know, my services and products. But it also uh, is really working with those elements as a form of attraction, you know, nice the pulling magnetism, pulling people toward it, and then the gravity drawing them in. And then, you know, there you go, you have that kind of thing. I mean, that's something that I've used as a as a as a practical example of of working with um, elements. So so again, you know, there's there's different examples. I mean, I you know, but but as always, I mean, and you hit on it earlier, and you're and when you commented on the biggest thing for me is that I want people to be inspired with their magical work to give themselves permission. Because I can't tell you how many right. times I've had people come up to me over the years or, or contact me via email or, or social media and say, you know, Taylor, I read your books. And when I read it, it validated for me that I could go on my, my own way, you know, because what they had heard from other people was, you know, it's not real magic if you don't do things. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of that out there. You know, and there really is. Unfortunately, there, there really is. You know, there's and that's something I've enc- I encountered a lot in my early 
Well, in my early writing career, should I say, I mean, I encountered it some as I started practicing magic, but, you know, when I, especially when I started writing my books, um, I, I encountered that at, at first quite a lot. Then eventually I think they gave up because they realized I wasn't going away. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it really kind of highlighted to me, though, when I heard other people say, you know, you, you, gave, you showed me that I could have some valid, that there's some validity to my, uh, to, to my experience and that this is something that can be relevant for me. I was like, well, that's what I wanted to do, you know? Yeah, that's what I want to do at the podcast is I want to inspire people to just find their path, find what works for them, try stuff. And in the groups, like I'm always telling people, they'll post, well, what would happen if I did this and this? Try it, try it. If it works in your head, try it. That's your 50% of your success right there is it works for you in your own mind. And then you just have to execute it and test it. But it, it all starts with people like you, like you said, kind of validating that, hey, it's okay to try stuff. Right. And I always take the stance too, and this is true that, you know, like what works for me may not work for you and that's yeah. okay. And, and, you know, you could read my books and come up with completely different ideas or, or be like, yeah, I didn't agree with him. I'm going to try something else this way. And that's fine. I mean, there's no, there's no right or wrong way here. No. And you're going to learn you know, the most important thing is to learn through is, is to go out there and have experiences. Like if, if my writing or, or your podcast helps someone be like, oh, yeah, you know, I could do this or I could try that. Great. But the most important thing then is that you take that step and actually do it. Right. And, you know, I think we get really conditioned by society. We have a lot of rules set up, set up in life. I mean, just generally speaking, there are rules everywhere we have to follow in one way or another. Then when it comes to spirituality, if you come from a traditional religion background, there are very definite borders and rules of what you can and can't do within that belief system. So then you work into the occult magic where it's just kind of like we come here to get rid of all those walls and rules, but we're still putting walls and rules. Like here's a book. It says this. It says you have to do a ritual this way. So I have to do it this way. And no one's thinking, well, it's a it's a guideline. It's not a hardcore, it's going to fail if you don't say a word right or if you try something. And I think we need more people to just start experimenting with the leaders out there that wrote the books and put these methods and these new ideas out and just keep continuing that work. There's so much more work people can be doing for themselves, you know, tailoring their magic to themselves. Maybe that's maybe that's part of your name is tailoring magic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's why I like having you on is like you really think outside the box. And I would love for more people to just go, oh, I'm going to find my path and do what works for me. I don't have to sit in this particular confine of this particular book structure. You know, we get hung up on that a lot. I see it a lot with and I've done it. I've done it a lot in the past, too. You know, I still do. Well, you know, I, I learned early on in life that I had to go my own way. This this is a pre 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 magical practice experience. But when I was a kid, my dad used to get upset with me about my grades, and you know, he'd want me to you know get A's or whatever else. And it and and he would actually tell me he he was disappointed in me. He'd be like, I'm I'm disappointed in you, which is a horrible thing to hear. Where he'd tell me yeah. I was a disappointment, you know, as a kid, and it made me angry. And I just was like, basically, like, fuck you, dad. I'm gonna go and just I'm gonna just do my own thing. I think we, a lot of us have had that. Right. And I, I basically did exactly that. Like he, he kind of, 
in a way, it was the best lesson he ever taught me. He, <laughs> what he taught me was to basically go, was basically to defy authority and go my own way. And I carried that with me. And I mean, I, you know, I, I would just reach out there to say to anyone, you know, there are going to be times where you're going to have people who will laugh at you, who will make some sarcastic remark and try and tear you down or, you know, say or, or, or do something else along those lines. And you know what? You don't have to you don't have to take that from them. You go your own way. You do your right. own thing, because at the end of the day, if you know what you're doing, you're going to succeed. And I say that as someone who. You know, as I said, I, ha- I encountered a lot of resistance along the way. When I, when I first wrote po- art, an article about pop culture magic, so many people got their panties in a twist about it. They were like, <laughs> whether they were telling me that it wasn't real magic or that, that you couldn't or that, or that, you know, it was just reinventing the wheel or whatever, all, all this other, all this other stupid stuff. Well, no one else, had, you know, only a few people had written about pop culture magic at that point, And it was only little excerpts and things. But I wrote those books because I knew there was more to it than that. And I didn't want it to just be a chaos magic thing, which is what it was at the time. You know, right. and I, I, I developed it and, and worked on it and flushed it out. And I did it because it made sense to me that there was something more there. And it didn't matter that other people thought that they knew better, because at the end of the day, nobody knows better for you than yourself. I mean, you have to be the ultimate authority of your life. Yeah. Not not other people, not me, not not someone else like, you know, like which is why I always say too, you know, question, you know, question authority. Well, as an author, authority, right? Question that. You know, like it's it's perfectly okay to question that. Not right. everyone is going to not everyone agrees with my books. I mean, I I get one star reviews on some of my stuff. Some people think that my books are, aren't, aren't great. You know, that's fine for them. They figure that out, but I'm not going to let that stop me from continuing to write. That's their perspective and it didn't work for them. And I can, I can accept and acknowledge that. But I think so often it's, it's so easy to get discouraged because, you know, your magical teacher didn't think that you could do, doesn't think that what you're doing is, is really magic or, yeah. or your dad has told you that you're a disappointment or someone else has said whatever, or, or somebody is trying to tear you down with some kind of cruel remark about what you're not good at or whatever else. And you just have to be like, you know what? Screw that. Oh yeah. I'm going to go do my own thing. And you may not like the way I do things and that's, that's, but that's not my problem. That's your problem. I'm going <laughs> to go do, I'm going to go do things my way because doing things my way works for me. And, that, and maybe uh, there's room for improvement. There's what, always room for improvement. What's but, that one uh, phrase? Other people's opinions are none of your business. <laughs> Don't let them affect you. That's right. You know? And so like, you know, and, and, and of course there's always room for improvement uh, and, and, and one should always try to strive for improvement. But the other thing too, to remember as well. And I, I mean, this is, this is something I, I say is like, we're all flawed and fallible. We're all going to make mistakes. This is just part of life. There's no such yeah. thing as perfection and perfection is boring. Well, how many, how many things do you learn that really stick in your head when you get perfection on the first shot? But how many things do you learn and sticks in your head when you have failures or those mistakes or something doesn't work quite right. That's where you really learn. That's where you it, go, oh, this is, is what I should try next time. And it's kind of what creates a challenge for yourself and helps a person to strive to be better. That's what helps us improve, generally speaking. It sets a mindset. And there's a lot of value in it, in in fails and mistakes and oopses. And as long as you're still going in the right direction and you're perceiving it right, that's that's the main thing, trying. 
trying. Right. What absolutely it absolutely is, you know. And 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 you know the the thing is is like you're gonna you're gonna try multiple times, and sometimes you're and and you, and you're you're gonna fail, and that's okay because failure, you, you know, failure is is where you plant the seeds of success. You know, well, and what's really also, you know, you're talking about how people reacted to your pop culture. It happens probably with every author in the whole occult magic realm. Like when pathworking books really started coming out and kind of getting out there, how many people were like, this doesn't work. This is not possible. You can't just say some words and, you know, you have to do things and the, there's no angels doing this and that. and You're not setting it up right. And they were just like, no, it doesn't work. That can't work. Or there's a whole crowd of people. It's like, this is fantastic. Oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever since the sliced bread of magic, you know? So here again, it's just what works for one guy ain't going to work for the next. And it all goes back to our personal filters and who we are as individuals. And how we work, right. You know, not everyone, not everything is going to work for everyone. I mean, and that's okay. You know, like I... I mean, I'll admit, like the the pathworking thing. I, the way I approach pathworking is a little bit more of a hypnosis experience, where you're creating a, a, a virtual environment that you're working in in order to meet with the spirits. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's kind of its own thing. But you know, I've seen some of the stuff out there on on pathworking, where you know, along the lines of what you're talking about, it personally doesn't work for me. And that's no no comment on the the people who've written that stuff or anything. It just doesn't work for me. Right. But you know, it works for somebody. And that's what's important. At the end of the day, you find what works for you. And that's that's really what this book in a very real sense is about. I found what worked for me. And what, what didn't work for me was staying within the confines of a classic system. Again, it wasn't a system that was broke. I mean, some people would say, well, Taylor, you know, this, this classic five elemental system, it's been around for 2,500 years. Isn't it presumptuous of you to go and, and challenge that? Well, maybe it is. But... Out of such presumptions is either born a, a a very huge fall, and you discover how arrogant you were, or whatever, or you discover that you know what there, or you discover that you know there was something there after all, something different and new, and and maybe a combination of the two. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've fallen on my face at times and just been like, oh, time to pick myself up. I was I was I guess a bit arrogant about that or whatever, but you know, hey, that's okay too. There's so much more to life than sticking with what people know. Yeah. And it's so easy to stick with what you know because it's safe. And yeah, it's, it's easy. It's, and it's the easy safety and zone. It's, it's hard to break out of the comfort zone. It's really hard. The uncomfortable, or as I call it, the uncomfortable comfort. Because yeah. it's, um, it's uncomfortable in a lot of ways because you know that you know there's more to it. But you're staying there because it's status quo. Well, I, I don't think that you should stay in status quo. If you're staying in status quo and you're not happy with it, you know, and you need to make a change, then you've got to make that change. You owe it to yourself. Because if you don't make that change, you're just allowing yourself to settle for something that's less than what it could be. Right. And, you know, this this applies to anything in your life. So, you know, with, with the, you know, the elemental magic, that was one of the reasons that I came up with that. Because I was like, okay, I've worked with the element of water, and I got a lot out of it. But these other elements aren't cutting it right now. Not And, and I've worked with the classic elements since then. I mean, I did a a year uh, of work with fire, for example. Oh, cool. and that was a really good year to work, you know, that I had with that. But sticking, if, if, if I had just stuck with those classic five elements and never gone beyond that, I never would have discovered what else I could explore and learn. And, 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 and I think, you know, at the end of the day, that was what was really important. What I've been, I'm not very deep into it yet, but what I've been having fun with is 
working with different spirits of the Goetia, especially the ones that are kind of perceived as attack or aggressive in that sense, you would use it to attack someone or, you know, hex someone or whatever. And I love contacting them and talking to them about their positive uplifting sides and what they can do to help people improve their lives. Because what I'm discovering is every spirit can do the polar opposite of what they're known for, plus a lot more. Like any book is going to give you kind of a small bullet point list, but they can do more than that. And it encompasses more than those little ideas. And a lot of these spirits that we traditionally go for, for negative magic or darker magic, they've got this really positive side. And so I've been trying to tap into the opposite side and learn about them from that direction. And that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I you know, the, the example that comes to mind when I hear that is the Goetia, for example. Yep. You know, that's so who often, I'm working with. Right. And there's a lot of there's a, there's, there's a lot of ways you can work with the Goetia in a very positive way. I was actually doing a work with uh, a bit of work with the Goetic Demon uh, Marax this week. Cause I'm kind of going, I'm going through okay. this program that Steph, Stephanie Connolly is doing where she's working through the, each of the 72 weeks of demons, basically. So you're working through. Oh, wow. I didn't know she was doing it. I got to check that out. Yeah. It's on her Patreon. And, oh, okay. Uh, and uh, so, so this week it was Marax. And, and one of the things that she, talked about was how you could work, work with Morax for the purposes of gardening. Well, I've just started working on the garden in my house. I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of de-weeding uh, some areas and I'm, you know, I just got a, uh, a raised bed that I got to put together and I'm going to get some soil and some more plants and things like that. So I'm really super excited. I'm happy to be doing some I am gardening gonna send, and stuff. I should send you some seeds. I'm not trying to interrupt. I have, they're the silver dollar plants. I call them money plants. But what I've found is if you plant them, they're a two-year plant. So the first year they get little. The second season they come up, they get bigger, and they have little purple flowers, and you get the little silver dollars. Oh, neat. Okay, then they reseed themselves, and they'll regenerate, and you'll have a nice flower bed over time. But if you plant them now with the intention of them helping you grow your wealth and increase your income, I swear every time I've planted them, it's a gradual thing, but the more that they establish the more your bank account establishes. So like say over the span of five years, you're going to be better off in five years anyway. So it's, it's kind of a fun little thing. I'll throw some in the mail to you soon. Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, you know, too the, uh, the thing about the thing about gardening, and, and this is what I'm really kind of loving about it is that, you know, it's a, it's a patient, slow process. Yeah. But the work that I'm doing now, you know, and that I plan to do is it's going to take some time. Like I actually want to, take the entire lawn of my house and, and turn it into a garden. Are you going to plant any magical flowers or magical plants to use in your workings? Um, you know, I, I imagine I will. Uh, you know, at, at this stage, I'm just, I'm really just starting at the beginning. Okay. So, you know, it'll be a, but, but it'll be a fun process of exploration for me. And it's an area, it's something I've never really done. So it's, it's allowing me to challenge again, what I know to discover what I can learn. Here's something I started working with, with my magic plants. And I did uh -huh. this last, and it sounds weird, but there's like some logic behind this. And I feel like the plants I harvested and the flowers and stuff I harvested were more meaningful to me at least. And it just, they felt their energy was different. When you plant those seeds, no matter what it is, a vegetable, or you're going to do some flowers or something, spit in the water and water the seed with some saliva mixed in. Mm. And you have a little bit of DNA in there and it's supposed to calibrate the plant to you and your needs. Oh, wow. That's a yeah. great idea. So I've been doing that and then I've just been interacting with them and they're a being. 
So you'll feel like when you go care for him that you're just hanging out with some friends and you'll feel this really amazing, gentle energy, no matter what you plant. I've really gotten into it over the years. You're going to love it. Oh, yeah, I think I will. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's bringing a level of internal satisfaction and peace to be doing this. And it's like, wow, you know, I never would have thought that because I, you know, I did some gardening work when I was living with my mom as a teenager, but I didn't really enjoy it because I was forced to do it. You know, yeah, that, same. That, that kind of thing where it's like, you know, you, okay, these are your chores. Well, you know, now it's my choice to do it. And it's like, wow, this is actually fun and I'm enjoying it. So I think, you know, it's so, it's again, one of those things where, where no matter where you are at in your life, it is so worthwhile to explore things and discover what you can learn. Oh yeah. And as you build your, you know, little empire and all that, you're going to notice specific wildlife gravitating. I have bumblebees and um, hummingbirds in my yard now. And all the squirrels, I feed the squirrels. They're real friendly with me. They know when I come feed them, they come up and run up and take food from me. And it's been a process. It's a relationship, you know. But the more you work your plants and your yard and your own space, the more it just becomes your own little private realm. And it's just this peaceful place. It's so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, you'll love it. Hey, let's just start wrapping this up. Is there anything in conclusion that you would like to tell the listeners about checking out your book? Or do you have any other work you're planning on releasing in the next year that they should be like sitting on the edge of their seats about? Uh, you know, I'm working on a, I will be working on a book called Social Media Magic. And I've got another Ooh. book that I'm going to be working on that's going to be, that, that explores my approach to identity and magic, how to, it's a, it's a not, it's not a will-based approach to magic. I'll put it that way. I'll, I'll talk about it again at some point. When oh, I that sounds written, awesome. But, but yeah, that's right on. The, Great projects. Thank you. That's that's kind of in the works. And beyond that, I would just say, you know, a little final bit of word of wisdom here for folks. It's just, again, challenge what you know to discover what you can learn because there's so much out there to learn. And don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications to Taylor's YouTube channel. He puts out some really amazing content there. Great food for thought. And it seems like you kind of pop on and off sometimes. And, um, Whenever I've been able to catch your live streams, it's always been really great, enlightening stuff that keeps me thinking. So a lot of value out there, people. Check him out. All right. So I guess all that's left to say is keep a smile on your face. Keep a bounce in your step. Keep practicing your magic and go check out the link that I'm going to put in the notes here and get yourself a copy of Walking with Elemental Spirits by Taylor Elwood. You will not regret it. It will open your mind. I guess the only thing else we have to say is we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm such a dork. That's okay. Nothing wrong with being a dork. Take care. Have a great day. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for sticking around after the show. Oh my gosh, so many changes and so many things to tell all of you about. We are officially in rerun mode. What does that mean for you? Well, hey, if you listen on your favorite podcast app, nothing is going to change. You will always be able to go back and listen to your favorite episodes and guest spots anytime you want, just as you always have. Again, nothing will change for those of you that use your favorite podcast app. Next, 
the website will change a little bit. It will change to www.podpage.com slash random dash illusions, or you can listen directly off the host site, www.randomillusions.buzzsprout.com. Links are now in every episode show notes. Check it out. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash GOST radio, twitter.com slash GOST radio. If you love YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to the Random Illusions podcast YouTube channel, the GOST radio YouTube channel, and TikTok. Don't forget to follow us there. Links are down in the show notes. Exclusively for the listener base of Random Illusions, Tim and I are going to continue our coffee.com divinations. Just let us know if you want a rune reading by Tim or a tarot reading by Shasta and what your question is. Give us about two business days and we will respond with a thorough answer to your question, giving you some insight and maybe a little inspiration as well. If you would like to follow Tim and I as we jump into our new leadership roles and all of the new projects we are presenting and working on, don't forget to hit us up. Facebook, privately, Tim Cheesebrow, Shasta Michaels, Random Illusions, or just shoot us an email at magic, M-A-G-I-C-K, at randomillusions.com. And we will send you links as to where you can keep tabs on all of our future endeavors and adventures. And hey, you may want to get involved yourself. You never know. All right. Keep your eyes and ears peeled. We will be announcing when we will be back. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. <laughs>